Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, saints and ain'ts, welcome to another Unplugged Service JBLM podcast. Our mission at Unplugged is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ by loving God, loving people, fostering connection, and cultivating community. My name is Chaplain Kevin L. Betton Jr. Thank you for listening wherever you get your podcast. Please remember to rate our podcast, review it, and please give us five stars. If you give us four stars, I am inclined to believe that you are a hater and the altar is open for you. And with no further delay, here is today's message from Chaplain Dante Sumter. Lord, you are faithful. Yes. You are good. You are righteous. And everything, Lord, that you do, you are right. And we celebrate you this morning through your word. I pray, Lord, that we will walk out of these doors encouraged, lifted up, and, uh, and that your name will be exalted. Jesus, the name that is above every other name. And if your name is greater than everything that we lay at your feet, we surrender to you, saying, Lord, you are great, and you have your way with whatever we surrender to you this morning. And we just pray, Lord, that you will illuminate and reveal to us your intent through the ending of first job. We praise you, we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to start out by saying, as I always love to say, you are loved by God. You're sitting here for a purpose, on purpose, because God wants to speak to you, and God wants to reveal to you his love, and we're talking about how that is reflected in the fellowship. We've been talking about that, you see there, throughout all of first John, and that key word is we learned in trivia, I think like 20% got it wrong, it's okay. Fellowship. Fellowship is the reason, fellowship is the word, and so John kind of hints at that the entire book. Fellowship, fellowship. I want to start by saying this, and listing a few names for you here. So this is how I'm going to begin this. I'm going to list these names, and I'm going to ask you, what do these names have in common? So if you're basketball fans, this is your morning. This morning, we'll start. Chris Webber, Dakimbe Matumbo, Reggie Miller, Steph Curry just uh, slaughtered his record, by the way. Dominique Wilkins, Patrick Ewing, John Stockton, Charles Barkley, and Carl Malone. What do these names have in common? What was that? Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers, okay, that's good. Anybody else? <laughs> That's a good one. All right, one more. Anybody else? They're great. They're great. So we, we, we have a general consensus, right? Hall of Famers, they all play basketball. <laughs> but they're great, right? How about this? Neither one of these on this list have a championship ring. These are, these are all-time great players but they don't have a championship ring. Like, you, you don't want to go in the post with Charles Barkley. But, but for whatever reason, he doesn't have a championship ring. Reggie Miller held the record for a long time before Steph Curry broke the record, but they don't have a championship ring. The reason they don't have a championship ring is because basketball is a team sport. Basketball is a team sport. You can have superstars on a team and not win a championship because they're not a good team. Yet, on the other hand, you can have a team full of role players that know what they're doing, 
and they'd be a great team, and they'd be victorious, even though they don't have superstars. Again, that's because basketball is a team sport. The title of today's message is Victorious Christian Fellowship. Victorious Christian Fellowship. If I can sum up chapter 5, it will be this, that, that every Christian can experience victorious Christian fellowship. You have an opportunity when you are connected to the body of Christ to experience victorious Christian fellowship. And let me say, if you have in the past experienced bad fellowship, your church hurt, you've been broken by somebody who uh, did something wrong, and, and you trusted in leaders who did not uphold their vow to serve God out of the love of their heart, guess what? This message is for you. Because you have the opportunity to release it and experience Christian victory, victorious Christian fellowship this morning. I want you to repeat after me. The body of Christ is a team sport. The body of Amen. You sound good. The body of Christ is a, is a, is a team sport. There are no individuals in the body of Christ. There are no superstars in the body of Christ. It's a, it's a team sport. So I want to share with you three ways, three ways that you can experience Christian, uh, victorious Christian fellowship, three ways you can experience victorious Christian fellowship. And the first way is fall in love with God, fall in love with God. We see that actually in uh, the first three verses, starting in verse one, he says, everyone Everyone, not someone, not a little bit, all of them. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah has been born of God. And everyone who what? Loves the Father. Loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God. That we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Yes, so the evidence that a person is a child of God is his or her, or, or her love for the children of God. Yeah. You cannot say that I love the Father, but I hate my brother. Yeah. You can't say I love the Father, but I hate my sister. And then it goes on, and he says, his commandments, we love God by obeying his commandments, and check this, his commandments are not burdensome. In this context, what he's saying is, it's not a burden to love my brother and sister in Christ. It's not a burden to love those out in the world because we love the Father, and you are his children, so I love you. I have, to, I have to be honest, I wrestled and I wrestled with my application point because I, I was like, I don't think I, I, don't, I don't think I want to talk about this, but I'm going to get off script and I'm going to be honest with you, this is not in here, but this is what I want to share with you because I believe that there's power in this and if you have been hurt because someone did not represent the love of Christ like they were supposed to, today is your free. Today is, is your opportunity to be free from anybody who hurts you and has some sort of spiritual authority. Maybe it was a church that you were a part of and they were not living it like they were supposed to. Today is your opportunity to be set free from that. I was pastoring a church in uh, Great Falls, South Carolina, and, and my endorser is the Assemblies of God. 
And if you don't know about the Assemblies of God, the Assemblies of God is predominantly in America, a predominantly white denomination. And uh, I hold ordination through them. I was pastoring a particular church in South Carolina. If you don't know about South Carolina, just look up South Carolina history. I'm pastoring this church in the deep south. And my youngest faithful member was 64. 64 years old. The matriarch of the church, she was 93 before she passed away. Leah and I only are, we're, we're my mortgage, we're the only people in the church that have a different skin color. Not a very diverse church. But God called me there. Now, I'm not bringing this up to, to bring shame to them at all. A lot of our differences were cultural. A lot of our differences had to do with age and not necessarily race. We did have a racial situation where before I got voted in, a guy walked out of the back of the church and said, you will never, ever be my pastor because of the color of my skin. And I carried so much hurt and shame because I did whatever I could do to win them over. And that's the, and that's the thing God, God showed me and taught me. Uh, which I'll talk about another day, but I've I lived my life trying to win them over. Leah and I, every day, crying, struggling. She's pregnant with uh, our son, Eden, and I'm in seminary, and I'm just struggling, trying to get by every single day, trying to turn in homework assignments, and trying to find money that's going to come in, and here I am, trying my best to serve a church who doesn't want me there, who doesn't want to love me back, and my wife is like, why are you so caught into that church that doesn't want to love you back? And I'm here struggling. I need you here. Right? There's a difference when the body loves each other. When the body loves each other, the body is able to thrive and be victorious. But if there is division of any sort, guess what? You will not have a victorious fellowship. You're going to have church hurt. You're going to have brokenness. And whether that's because it's cultural, whether that's because uh, it's your age, those things should not be. Because if you love the Father, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care what color you are. I do care. But I love you because I love the Father. And you are a representation of Him. You matter to God. And so you matter to the body. You matter to me. I want to lift this up. I feel like I kind of down the moment a little bit, but let me bring this. Look around, Unplug. Just look around. Not everybody's the same color. Not everybody is the same age. Different genders, backgrounds, and cultures. Because Unplug, you are doing what it is that, that John says a believer should do, and that is to love each other. If you look at the events, look at the services, look at everything that's going on around you. You guys are not looking at each other saying, oh, you don't speak my language, or you don't look like me, or you don't have my background. You love because what? You love the Father. So if you ever want to have a Torah Christian fellowship again, the first point is fall in love with God because then you're going to fall in love with his people. And when you fall in love with his people, you get to share in victory. You get to share in Christ's victory that he won for you. And by the way, I'm not a long-winded person, so I'm, I'm already in my second point. We got three. <laughs> the second way, have faith in God. Have faith in God. That is actually the one, the, the main unifying thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I get to my next point, let me go back. I'm sorry. 
I want, I want to read this verse here because I want to bring highlights to the preachers who preached before, right? We, we have to dig back in chapter 3, in verse 23. He says, and this is the commitment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded. So that's why you fall in love with God and you fall in love with his commands. And his commands are not a burden. It's not a burden to love the person to your left and to your right when you truly love God. Next point, have faith in God. You see this in verses 4 and 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, our faith, that's why I say have faith in God, because the text says our faith is what allows us to overcome the world. What is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? So let's give us some context here. The context is, is we overcome the world and worldliness, which is what? That's one of the threats to the fellowship. How do we overcome the world? We overcome the world by our faith. And in this context, in this chapter, it's based on how we love each other. Because our faith compels us to walk in what I call this radical world change in love. The system of the world says, when my brother or my sister fail, I'm supposed to beat them up and snap them up. If someone goes on that job and they don't meet the quota or they don't meet the sales, I have to, I have to get rid of them or I have to find somebody who can do their job better than them. The system of the world works on that, how, how, how well have you been for me lately kind of thing. That's how the system of the world works. But, but our, our way doesn't work that way. See, when, when we serve Christ, we, we, we bring each other up. When, when, when we serve Christ, we, we have this unity and this faith that says, you know what? I know the world says I'm supposed to write you off, but I'm not going to write you off because you're a child of God. I know the world says I'm, I'm, supposed, to kinda, I'm supposed to cut ties and, and all this, but we love God. We have faith in God, and this faith is what gives us victory. So when the world sees us, they see something like, man, how is it that they're able to love the way they love? How is it that they're able to serve the way they're supposed to serve? I, I think the best example of this, this faith, is shown in Mark chapter 2. And it starts in verse 1. He says, and when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around there was uh, so many gathered around that there was no room for them, not even in front of the door. And as he was speaking the word to them, some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above them. And after Having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. Yeah. And I want you guys to see this. If you don't get anything else about this thing, get this. Look at it. Next verse. Right. And when Jesus saw their faith, not when Jesus saw the paralyzed man's faith. I need you guys to see what's in that verse. When Jesus saw their faith, the four friends who brought him to Jesus, he saw their faith. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. God has given the church such a power, the body of Christ, such a power that when we bring someone up to him and bring somebody to the healer that God will even honor the people who bring them to him. He will honor their faith. He saw their faith. 
And he said, sons, son, your sins are forgiven. You know, the, the main, one of the main questions that I got when I was pastoring and even uh, when I was getting ready to, you know, come into this active duty road and I have people say, hey, pastor, hey, Chad, uh, you know, you say God loves me, right? Yeah, God loves me. You say that I have a seat in heaven if I believe in Jesus, right? He said, yeah, I believe I have a seat. Yeah, yeah that's right. He said, well, why do I have to go to church? And this is not me smacking anybody outside the head. Please believe me. Why do I have to go to church? You know, I can just, you know, flip on Facebook and, and worship at home and, and not be connected at all. You know, just kind of, you know, do my own thing. And that's who John is combating. John is combating people who say, I'm going to do my own thing and not really be part of the fellowship. Let me, let me encourage you in saying this. When you become part of the body, and you're part of the body of people who love the Father, and they love God's children, when you get hurt, when you get broken, they'll go on top of this roof to lay you down at the feet of Jesus. You, you can't have that on Facebook. You can't have that watching YouTube. But when you are connected to the unclothed service, and you have people who, who love God, and you're paralyzed, you're broken, or mom is, is sick, or, or a family member is hurting, or a family member is broken, or abused, you have somebody who loves you enough to say, no, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get you to the healer. I'm going to bring you to the healer, the one who saves, the one who delivers, the one who sets free. You cannot get that in any other community, but the body of Christ, if you are struggling and you want to be on your own and worship on your own, I want to encourage you and say, get connected to people who love you enough to not let you stay in the pit. People who love you enough to not let you stay paralyzed. Because it wasn't even the paralyzed man's faith that got him healed. It was the, 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 the friends who brought him to Jesus. It was their faith that he saw that got him healed. Second point, have faith in God. And then the last one, Put Jesus at the center. When Jesus is at the center of a fellowship, it makes all the more difference because this is the same man who spread his arms from east to west and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So I'm going to forgive my brother. I'm going to love my brother. Because we ultimately know that we receive such a mercy that we, we don't deserve it. We, we don't. We don't deserve God's love. If anything, what we deserve is, is according to scripture, the ways of sin is death is the death penalty. But yet God spares us in his mercy. If we've received that, then we give it back. The only way to do that is to place Jesus at the center. Let's look at in, in verse 13 and 16. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that have been asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. Now, scholars kind of debate back and forth. What is the sin that leads to death? What is the sin that does not lead to death? And, and scholars argue that the, the, the sin that leads to death is ultimately rejecting the person of Jesus Christ that gives you 
eternal damnation or eternal death. That's kind of the theme in which he tries to say. But then he says, if you find a brother committing a sin or a sister committing a sin, he says, you are to what? He says, you shall ask God, and what will God do? God will give him life. Why? Because you're connected to the body. You cannot live this Christian life alone. There's too much temptation out there. And let's be honest, we don't always overcome it. I'm the first to tell you how. But you can't do this thing alone. He's giving you a body. He's given the church this sort of authority to kind of come alongside you and bring this revelation and power in your life. It actually says it in, in verse six, uh, verse 1 in, in Galatians chapter 6. He says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself lest you be tempted, lest you too be tempted. So, so here he says, if you see a person struggling, or you see a person in sin, or you see a person who's, who's, who's just, I mean, they're, they're just weighed down by trying to live this victorious Christian life. He says that you restore them in a spirit of gentleness, but you can't get that restoration outside of the body. You can't get that restoration if you don't have that brother or that sister that's going to what remind you that we fellowship not because you're perfect. Watch this. Not because you're one of the superstars. Not because you're in the Hall of Fame. Not because you, you had the most three-point shots in NBA history. Or not because you scored well on a PT card. Or not because you, you made height weight and you're thriving and you're getting ready to go to drill sergeant school and just do it up and you're about to become the next sergeant major. Whatever the case may be, you, you're not at the center of this thing. Jesus is. And because Jesus is at the center, I want him to be exalted. And one of the ways to be exalted is to bring one of his children back to him. If they're struggling and if they're broken, I bring you back to the, to the one who can heal. I bring you back to the one who can save. I bring you back to the one who can deliver. If you are struggling today, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be lead, the leading in saying this. I want to remind you who you are. I want to remind you that you are God's. You're his child. Jesus has granted you eternal life. You're covered in the blood. Like, like he died for you. This is truly who you are. You're not what you've done. You're not what you said. You're who he says you are. You're, you are what he accomplished for you at the cross. I want to close in this. I have a video for you. Many of you probably saw this video surfacing on uh, social media. Ahead to Prince Ali. They don't have numbers. But they're all going to pass it to in that situation. Oh, they're going to turn it over. Oh, my God. That's kind of a story of Prince Ali and the can you play that one more time? Play that one more time. I want you guys to listen to what he says. Ahead to Prince Ali. They don't have numbers. But they all got to pass it to in that situation. Oh, yeah. Turn it over. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a story of that great job by Jalen. Come on here. Take the throat. Just push his head back up in there. Let's go. Come on. Do you hear that? The wrong guy to pass it to in that situation. You, you heard the commentators and you hear everybody like, once he caught the ball, it's like, whoa! Because he's the wrong person who's supposed to have the ball. And everybody in the stadium knew. They were like, oh, no, no, he shouldn't be handling the basketball. No, no, he, he, he shouldn't. No, don't, don't. 
don't give him the ball. Don't pass him the ball. Everybody counted him out. You know, a lot of you, and it's great that you come to unplug service. That's the thing you want to do. You want to get plugged in and stay connected because there are a lot of people who count you out. When you come here, they say, oh, you think you're perfect now, huh? You, you, you're one of those Christian folks, and you, you think you're perfect, that your past is just gone, and that, that everybody's just going to forget about your past. Listen, when you stay connected to the body, and you get down, and your chin drops because you made a mistake, or your chin drops because you failed, your chin drops because everybody has counted you out, you have that brother that's going to say, uh-uh, ah, get the next play. Uh-uh, lift it up, get the next play. I don't care what the course of this game looks like. I tell you, lift up your chin, get it next play. You do not have to carry the baggage of the past into your life right now. I don't care what happened in the first uh, first half. I don't care what happened in the play before. Lift your chin up. I'm here to remind you who you are. I'm here to remind everybody here who you are. You may have made a mistake last night. You may have made a mistake before you came to church. You may not have felt like coming. But I'm here to remind you of who you are. And it's with Christ at the center that you have the ability to worship. It's, it's, it's not because you're a superstar. Superstar, we just saw it. You, don't, you can be a superstar and not win the championship. It's the team. It's the people who are surrounded by you that will remind you that you're a champion. It's the people around you. Look, look at the Golden State Warriors. You got Steph Curry, right? Everybody knows Steph Curry. But outside of that, you have people that know how to fit the role. I'm not saying these other guys aren't, aren't good. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they are a true team. They're not a super team. But they're winning. Because basketball is not an individual sport. Basketball is a team sport. I'm here to tell you, if you want to experience victory, you want to see Christ high and lifted up, get connected with a body that loves Jesus, loves God, has faith in him, and loves you. Because when you are down, when the world is kicking you and, and expecting you to not prosper, expecting you to not succeed, you got that one person that's like, look, I don't care what they say. We know what God says. I, I know they're, they're talking about what you've done. But let me remind you what Jesus did. 2,000 years ago, from east to west, he bled through every floor to the point where there was not an ounce of blood left. Scripture says they couldn't even remember that he, was, he didn't even look like a human being once he got off the cross. And, and it doesn't end there. He got up from the grave. He got up from the grave. You know what that means? All your mistakes, all your failures, your past, your brokenness, your baggage, he carried with him because he bore your sins. And he carried with him to the cross. He carried with him to the grave. When they rolled that stone back, he came out in the news of life. Anyone who has faith in this, you walk out with him in the newness of life.
born again, set free, forgiven, and made the righteousness of God. And check this out. It's not because you're a superstar. It's because you're part of the team. Hey, you might not, you might feel like, hey, you know, Chapel Ben is up there singing and he's going ahead, you know. And you might feel like, man, you know, all these guys, they can sing and they have all these gifts. And you got people that just do marvelous things and we got people that print shirts and people that greet just love people. And you might be like, man, what is my name? When we won the state championship in high school football, there was this one player that he didn't play a snap. And eventually they started using him to kind of carry the, the water and everything else. But at the ring ceremony, guess what? When all the star players got a ring, when they called my name and they called my star quarterback's name and they called us out and they gave us this big shiny ring, gold, diamonds, Guess who else walked across the stage? And let me tell you, he got the same ring I got. I don't say this to say that you're invaluable in what you're doing. I'm saying that you may not have the role that you think makes you somebody. But he got the same ring I got. He got the same ring that the, the quarterback, high school quarterback, he's in the high school Hall of Fame from Murder Beach High School. Guess what? He got the same size, same amount of diamonds, same carat gold, same logo, yeah. because he's part of a team. Yeah. Yeah. Every single one of you right here, let me tell you, you're part of a team. You are valuable. You have purpose. I don't care what role you think, you have to feel to be somebody. You are somebody, because he says you. Let me close with prayer. Won't you, if you feel comfortable, won't you lay your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you? So what we're going to do is we're going to remind each other of the power of unity, the power of fellowship. Now, not just any fellowship, fellowship that loves the Father. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. And I pray that the, the, the hand that is on the shoulder, the person who's, who's touching somebody else, I pray that that person would just feel the warmth and the love from another person who is in the body, part of the same team. And that that touch will mean I'm, I'm not going to give up on you even when the world does. And I know we kind of come and go, we PCS and we move on to the next place, but let me just remind you that you're part of the body and you matter. And God cares for you and God loves you and I will not give up on you. I will not stop bringing you to the healer. I will not stop bringing you to the one who can save. I will not stop bringing you to the one who can deliver and set you free. Let me tell you, he loves you. And if there's anybody who, who just, you almost gave up this morning. Remember, this message is for you. You said, well, I, I don't think I want to get connected. I, I just, I don't want to use my gifts or 
I, I don't want to really be involved. I'll come and I'll sing the songs and listen to the message and I'll leave because let me tell you, you don't know what I've been through. I, I've been hurt in the church. If that's you, I want to encourage you that there is a true body that loves Jesus and that loves you and wants to see you prosper and wants to see you thrive, doesn't want to see you depressed, doesn't want to see you anxious, doesn't want to see you hurting. They want to see you whole. They want to see you set free. They want to see you thriving. I believe that this is unplugged. And I believe that as you continue to get connected and get connected with the fellowship, that you'll find that your life has value and your life has purpose. Because God says it does. So we close in this prayer saying, thank you, Lord, that you care for me, that you love me, that you're for me and not against me. I will thrive. I will prosper because I'm connected to the body. I will prosper because you love me. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's put our hands together for Travis Smith. Amen. What a powerful message.